BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Attackers may also try to attack on Layer 2 and Layer 3, by fiddling around with MAC addresses and IP addresses. ARP, or Address Resolution Protocol, operates at the Layer 2, and is responsible for translating the IP address of a system, for the Layer 1 physical MAC address. ARP poisoning, is a scenario where incorrect MAC table values, send users to a system, belonging to the attacker. This is similar to DNS poisoning attack discussed just before. Max spoofing is another type of attack, where the client receives traffic from incorrect, or suspicious, MAC, or IP addresses. Hello, welcome to the next episode of Get Certified Together program by TechnoCoff. Your free online knowledge sharing community. Visit our website, www.technocoff.com for more information. In this episode, we will be covering the next section of the CompTIA Security Plus Certification Exam. First and foremost, I apologize for the delay in this week's episode. I shifted to London, from Singapore last week, with my family. As expected, it was a busy and tough week. Hopefully, by next week, I can unpack my bags, and resume a normal life. Let us wrap the last topics of the security implementation domain now. We have already covered some security aspects related to network equipment, like routers, and switches. In episode 8, I also talked about access control list, based traffic filtering mechanism, provided by routers. ACL performs stateless inspection, and allows, or denies, traffic based on configured rules. However, for advanced threats, use cases like VPN, or performing heuristic analysis, routers ACL-based filtering, is not enough. Hence, we use firewalls. Modern firewalls provide various functionalities. They provides the essential, rule-based traffic policies. It follows, the default deny principle, which simply means any traffic is blocked by default, unless stated otherwise, as per an allow rule. This list of rules, is referred from the top to bottom. What I mean by this is, that rules applied on any packet are evaluated, with the first rule, checked first. The moment, a rule matches the allowed condition, traffic is passed through, with no further checks. So, if we plan to block one specific port on the packet, but it is written in configuration, below an existing allow all ports rule, then traffic shall be passed without evaluating the second rule, which blocks specific port. For rule-based policies, 
firewalls perform stateful inspection. What it means is, for any user session, when a policy is evaluated, and rules are applied. These rules will remain as it is, till the whole ongoing user session. The firewall will not go through its configuration again, for every packet transferred. Only when the session drops, and a new request is sent, an evaluation will be performed again. We can use firewalls to work as, NAT gateway. It is for providing public internet access, to the internal organization networks. Firewalls use network address translation, or NAT, for mapping public IP, with a private IP for a user session. When a fixed public IP is mapped to private internal IP, we call it static NAT, and when public IP can changed, for every new session, we call it dynamic NAT. Both SNAT, and DNAT, have different use cases, and are not usually asked in exam, but a must to have knowledge as info security professional. Web application firewalls, are exclusively used to inspect traffic on the web servers. They are normally placed, just before web servers, to perform advanced filtering on type of requests, coming to the web servers, and detect any web application attack from attacker's browser. There may be another scenario, specifically in case of the web servers, to hide their IP addresses, by using proxy servers. Proxy servers, are placed in front of either client end, or, in front of the server end. When proxies are put, in front of client systems, they are termed as, forward proxy. When proxies are put in on the server end, they are termed as, reverse proxy. I use letter R, in server, to remember that proxies placed on it are the ones starting with letter R, which is reverse proxy. Besides hiding server IP, proxies can improve the performance of the session, perform content filtering, and protect the privacy of the user session. Now, we have a fair idea of firewalls, and proxy servers. Let us move to another category of network equipment, with its own use case. Load balancers, and, VPN. If you are thinking, just now I talked about VPN, as a use case of firewalls, then you are right. VPN, can be provided by modern-day next-generation firewalls, but we can also place a completely different server, or application, for acting as a VPN gateway. This reduces the single point of failure, in event of a disaster, and also reduces the load on firewalls. But again it's the call of management, how much they are willing to spend, while creating network design. Okay, so let us proceed further on, load balancers, and, VPN. I start with load balancers first. Load balancers, are responsible for distributing traffic, across multiple back-end servers, based on different distribution strategies, like round-robin, the web server's current utilization, etc. Using a single load balancer, can lead to a single point of failure, hence must be deployed in the high availability, active-active, or active standby model. VPN, or, virtual private networks, provide remote, or site-to-site -site access, to the corporate network using an encrypted tunnel. Those, working from home these days, must be using it to connect to their office network. Layer 2 Tunneling Protocol, or L2TP, Layer 3 IPsec, and Layer 4 SSL-TLS-based VPN, are commonly used for protocols, for creating the tunnel. Of these, IPsec, and, TLS-based tunnels are considered the most secure, and must be used. By this time, we have directly, or indirectly, covered most of the network security techniques. Now, we can look at the few network attack scenarios. They are important, and can be asked in the exams. First is, flooding, derived from the word, flood. An attack type, 
in which an enormous amount of traffic is sent to network devices, is termed flooding. One of the type of flooding attack is, SIN, or, SIN flooding, in which a huge number of incomplete, SIN messages are sent. For those who don't know, SIN message is the part of, TCP handshake messages, sent on layer 4 between source, and destination. Another scenario of flooding is, MAC flooding, which is created by overflowing of the switch's MAC address table, causing flood traffic on all the switch ports. These attacks, can lead to eavesdropping. To prevent them, using proper port security, or flood guard solutions can be implemented. Distributed denial of service, or DDoS, impacts access to the network, or, end devices, by sending a huge amount of illegitimate traffic to the network, or server. This can be achieved by using multiple sources, like botnets, and sending ping requests, with forged source IP addresses to a server. This server, replies back to the forged IP address, which in most cases belongs to the victim server. The result of this is, victim server will start getting, ping reply messages, even though, it never send any ping request at first place. This category of DDoS attack, is called Smurf attack. As we covered, attacks on switches, and networks, we must know about domain-level attacks, using DNS. DNS attacks, are typically categorized as, man-in-a-middle attack, where we have, the attacker sitting in between the client, and, the web server. Attacker may play around with records in DNS, called A-records, to change the behavior of hostname resolution. There are different scenarios to use DNS in cybersecurity attacks. One is, the DNS poisoning attack, which occurs when, the attacker alters the DNS entry, and resolves the URL of an authentic website, to the IP address of the malicious web server, hosted by the attacker. Typo squatting, is another type of attack, that sends the client, to the malicious web server hosted by the attacker, relying on the honest mistakes in spelling, by users when typing the website URL. For example, Barclays.com, can be typed by mistake as Barclays.com, with an extra A. Attackers, in DNS attacks, creates malicious websites, with same look and feel, as authentic ones. Thus, they wait for clients, to make mistakes, and land on their web page. Attackers may also try to attack on layer 2 and layer 3, by fiddling around with MAC addresses and IP addresses. ARP, or Address Resolution Protocol, operates at the layer 2, and is responsible for translating the IP address of a system, for the layer 1 physical MAC address. ARP poisoning, is a scenario where incorrect MAC table values, send users to a system, belonging to the attacker. This is similar to DNS poisoning attack discussed just before. MAC spoofing is another type of attack, where the client receives traffic from incorrect, or suspicious, MAC, or IP addresses. Besides using wide area networks, and, local area networks, we also use short-range communication technologies, like Bluetooths, in our day-to-day work. Short-range communication attackers, use technology like, Bluetooth, or, NFC. NFC, also called, near-field communication, is used by tap payment devices, in buses, or shops, from smartphones, or smart cards. Bluetooth enables short-range connections, between two devices, like phone with smartwatch. Bluejacking attack, involves sending phishing messages, to the victim's Bluetooth device. Another scenario is, blue snarfing attack, in which attacker connects to the victim's device, and extracts information from it. It is important to understand difference between these two type of attacks.
it is important to talk about various network testing tools while discussing security-related attacks. Mostly these tools are used in penetration testing, but, even if you are not involved in this kind of job, it is important to learn about them from an exam perspective. There are various command-line-based tools, available for Windows PowerShell, and, Linux Terminal, which can help extract, network-level information, without actually logging into the end devices. Let me begin with the simplest and most widely known tool or command, ping. Ping is used for the reachability test, using the ICMP protocol with echo requests, and echo reply messages. Two command-line utilities to capture connected devices and open ports are Netstat and NC. Netstat tool, can be used to list all connected devices, to your system on the network. NC command line tool, is used to send raw packets, to the remote server on any specific port, to get a response back. If a response is received, we can verify what ports are open on the remote server. Nmap, is another utility, that is used to scan all open ports on any remote server. Finally, we reach the final topic of this domain, wireless security. Concerns around wireless security, were not prevalent before, but with the onset of the 21st century, wireless devices are used more than ever. With this, came concern for security. Wireless security, has a different set of challenges for the security team, as devices are connected to multiple wireless access points, on IEEE 802.11, Wi-Fi standard. Let's explore some of the challenges, and mitigation techniques, in wireless security. Encryption, as we know by now, is our biggest crusader in the fight against cyber attacks. Therefore, it is important to use encryption, while sending messages on the wireless network. Wired Equivalent Privacy, or, WEP, is an old encryption standard, and is now considered insecure. After WEP, WPA, or Wi-Fi Protected Access, was released. However, the older versions of WPA, are considered insecure now. WPA2, and, WPA3, releases are the latest, and, still considered secure. Besides encryption, authentication also plays a key role, in wireless messaging. Wireless authentication, can use various approaches, like using a unique password, having an entry portal, for keying individual details, or, using a centralized authentication server, connected to the organization's directory server for authorization. For authentication, the wireless network uses its own protocols, like Extensible Authentication Protocol, EEP, or Extensible Authentication Protocol, PEEP. From an exam perspective, it is important to know various obsolete technologies, and which standard to use for more security. This brings us to end of the episode 9 of the Get Certified Together podcast from Technikoff, on the CompTIA Security Plus exam. In episode 9, I will proceed to the next domain of the exam, operations, and incident response. Thanks for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.